0: Gangland.
1: All right, all right, all right. Let's welcome back. This <laughs> Fit Nation. All right, you know how we do here. It's been a great day. It's our first time going on this app, and we hope we, we, you love it as much as we do. If you're a veteran and you're struggling or you feel like you're leading a path towards that darkness, stop and think about those who are around you think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like you're, you'd you be a burden to someone or feel embarrassed to talk to your inner circle or your family and friends, do not hesitate to dial 988 and press option one. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Underscore Misfit Nation. That's The Underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell. This will keep you up to date with our latest news, episodes, and of course, the stories of our great guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is a podcast host, a coach. He's a 30-something-year-old guy who loves to laugh and hates to cry. He has an adventurous side where he seeks new experiences, but he also loves to be at home. He cherishes every day and night. This includes the bad ones. He makes it his practice to see the good in people. So without further ado, let's welcome Kevin Lowe to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Kevin. How are you?
0: I'm doing amazing, man. I'm super stoked to be here.
1: Man, it's been a long time coming. I know we had to reschedule, I think, one time because of the family issues. Uh, but I'm glad we're here. It's been about a month since the two of us actually talked to each other live. But this is awesome to have you here. I'm glad glad to have you as my test guy on this new platform.
0: Yeah, man, I'm I'm always up for being a test test dummy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you
1: like my test robot. It's good.
0: <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I'm super stoked to be here. Like you said, man, this is this is great. Thank you for for being flexible with the rescheduling. And uh, yeah, man, this is awesome that's great uh so kevin if you don't mind like you did with me on your
1: show tell me a little bit about your story from as far back as you want to go to where we are now
0: yeah man definitely so so really my story is segmented at the age of 17 and and i say segmented because i kind of use the age of 17 as a uh a pivotal point in my life and at that moment that was back in 2003 i'm a junior in high school living in my hometown here in east central florida um you know living my best life man i mean you know i was one of those kids who hated school growing up to the point that i mean i would rather be sick with the flu than have to go to school (laughs) but but finally finally you know school wasn't such a horrific thing now a junior in high school I had the biggest, coolest truck in school. It was a big forest green 96 Ford F-150, 4x4, raised, had six inches of lift, uh, two-inch body lift, and then 38-inch mutters. Um, It it was my pride and joy. Uh, You know, man, and so so driving to school, you know, it – School became cool when you got to drive yourself to school. It's not like mom was dropping you off, you know. And um and stuff and so anyways, life was going great. Um you know, out, outside of school, I worked. I was uh, a good old uh Florida uh public employee. I uh, worked as, as a bag boy after school and had to make some money to spend uh spend on gas for that gas guzzler. <laughs> and um and uh so So life was going good until all of a sudden it wasn't. And it wasn't came with the news that I had a brain tumor. Now, I had been having really health issues for pretty much my entire life, but nothing like severe. I mean, things like, you know, like wearing glasses. um, And, you know, always it seemed like every year that I'd go to the eye doctor, I'd end up having to get a a new pair of glasses, you know, because they kept saying my vision you know, was kept getting worse or whatever. Um, I wasn't growing. Here I was, kid with the tallest truck in school, yet I was also the littlest guy. I was only five foot three. Had never, (laughs) yeah, I had never started growing and never gone through puberty yet. So I was just this little kid. Little enough, in fact, just a quick side note, that soon after turning 16 and getting my driver's license, I always was at the same gas station Um, because, like I said, I think my truck got like eight miles to the gallon going with the wind. And so um the gas, gas attendant, I became really good friends with, well, she told me one day that she's like, oh my gosh, you were in here yesterday. She's like, there was a guy come running into the store saying he called the police that some kid stole a pickup truck. And so she had to, she had to immediately call off the cop. So Like I said, I was a little dude. And so I had all these issues, and we finally got the answer of why. Never, though, did we think it was going to be a brain tumor. But found out I had a brain tumor. Luckily enough, an hour from my home um, was the leading pediatric neurosurgeon in the country. And he assured us, hey, it's going to be okay. It wasn't cancerous, thank goodness. But he said, you know, we have to remove it pretty much immediately because the tumor had completely encased my pituitary gland. It was in the crosshairs of my optic nerve and had begun pressing against my carotid artery. And so they literally gave me six months to live without this tumor being removed. And so I went in to have it removed all fun and games. I mean, for me, remember, I was a kid who hated school. So I was like, whoop, whoop. I get out of school for like a month, <laughs> you know? And so, and I was like, this is awesome. I named my tumor. I named my tumor Bob, Bob the tumor. So we literally had a going away Bob party, Um, all the things. And so that was life until, again, the second, you know, hammer dropped. And that came after surgery. Now I don't remember any of the time after I went into the operating room. Um, my memory gets real shady after that. Um, but it was soon after coming out of the the operating room, maybe the, I don't know, between like the next day and like three days after is when they, they realized that I had went blind. Um, my mom was in the, in the room with the neurosurgeon. And the I kept messing with one of those pole socks, you know, things was on my toe. And said that the, the doctor had told me, he's like, Kevin, do you see this? You don't yank this off. Do you see the red light on the tip of this? And they said, I said, no, I don't see it. And at that moment, the doctor looked at my mom and he walked over to the, to the doorway and he flicked on the light. He's like, Kevin, do you see this light? And I said, no, I don't see anything. And that's when they found out. I was left completely blind. So I was left with no light perception whatsoever. So a lot of people who are blind still have some degree of sight. They can, a lot of them see shapes or shadows, some type of light perception. I became completely blind. Um, I also lost my ability to smell. Um, ended up having short-term memory loss for, it was really bad for the first six months. Um, uh, some, some of my family members may tell you it still affects me today. (laughs) And, um, but, uh, I, I feel like that's more like selective memory. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man. And so that really set me on this new stage of life, um, of learning to live again, learning to to love life again And um, and You know now it's been I'm coming up uh, October of, of 2022 You know it's going to be 19 years Since I went blind I'm still blind I, I still can't see um, Except for just as a little teaser There is a little thing uh, About seeing through sound As I use echolocation Much like you would think of a bat or dolphin So Ah, and I, I mean, I, I know I talked about you
1: enjoying every day and night, even the bad ones in the intro, but you even showed when you were diagnosed with the tumor that you had fun with that and stayed positive. You named it Bob the tumor. I mean, not not a lot of young men would do that and name the tumor just to, to have fun with it and, and spin it positively as they went through this. I mean, this is a very big change for a young man to go through. And then, and then at the end of that, also lose your sight, short term memory and a sense of smells i mean smell so you you had covid before it was cold, before it was cold <laughs> exactly right?
0: we'll that. <laughs> exactly exactly that's what everybody during covid well can you smell i'm like no like oh no i can't i can't what, what do you think that means you know <laughs> he's
1: patient zero all right
0: exactly I'm like this this covid took my smell and my sight ah
1: you know, <laughs> you said you, you worked at Publix. Publix is a pretty good company for young people to work at. I think. I think they teach them some good leadership skills there. Yeah. You, know, you were working there, and of course, it started. The company started in Florida, right there where you are. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that pay wasn't enough to pay for that gas in that truck. You had to have some side <laughs> hustle too.
0: Of course, of course. L- l- luckily, I was a kid in school, so I, I had I had parent money as well. <laughs> <Yeah. so.
1: laughs> You had to spend disp- discretionary funds with mom and dad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, but man. I but I tell you, dude, what was really cool is is I worked at Publix, but I ended up the summer, the summer in between my sophomore year and my junior year, I ended up quitting Publix, much to my mom's disapproval, and I went to work with my dad who. My dad has always worked in construction and so land clearing. And so he has heavy, heavy equipment, you know, bulldozers, backhoes, loaders, stuff like that. And so I went to work for him that summer and now looking back at it because it would just be the next school year when I became blind, dude, you want to talk about somebody who I'm so glad that I quit Publix and got to do a summer working with my dad, knowing now, you know, what I know. And, um, so, so that was, you know, something, you know, really just really amazing about, about my story.
1: Definitely is. And then you got to see uh, what goes into that hard work of the construction world and the moving, moving earth, building things, uh, breaking things down, building things up. And you got to see that for one last time, basically that summer before all yeah. this this whirlwind happened to you so i mean that is a blessing that you have those those memories and i mean like you said you have selective memory for other things but yeah <laughs> that's, that's arguable we can go to court with that one <laughs> yeah
0: yeah exactly
1: <laughs> so your positive outlook uh, do you attribute that to your mom and dad's upbringing of you growing up did they were they always
0: positive and and pushing that mindset for you you know man it's something that is unique to kevin um i i grew up i i was really lucky the way i grew up my i grew up with an amazing family I grew up having some amazing opportunities we we were never rich by any means, but I got to do stuff I got to do a lot of stuff from vacations traveling you know going snow skiing up and in, in snowshoe west Virginia or going down snorkeling in the Florida Keys. Or me and my dad, I was big into riding dirt bikes. Um, Matter of fact, rode dirt bikes and four wheelers. I got my first dirt bike when I was, I think, four years old. It had training wheels on it. And um, me and my dad, we rode dirt bikes just all growing up, up until I went blind. And me and him, we'd go out camping. We went to a state park in Florida called Croom where we'd camp for a week at a time and do nothing but ride dirt bikes all day long. And um, so growing up, like I said, I was really blessed, but I, I look back on my life now and I look back on all those experiences, all the things that I did paired with my positive personality. And I have to say that I believe, you know, I'm, I'm a big person of my faith. I, I, My faith is a big part of my journey, a big part of my story. And so when I look back on my life now, I can see where God's hands were at work, kind of creating me into a person who could handle it because he knew what was going to happen. So he wanted to give me all these opportunities to do and see and try new things as much as possible and live as much as I could in those first 17 years all the while building on my personality and who I was to handle it, what was to come, and to do something with it. And, um, you know, and so so that's just me. I mean, for example, um, you know, it's just, it's it, everyone in my family is definitely not my same personality. Um, <laughs> there, there's some family members who we, we joke loving, lovingly and say, Wow! If this had happened to them, life would be a living hell. You know. So, wow. <laughs> <laughs> luckily they luckily they they know it's true, and so they laugh. You know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it's still. I think all those building blocks, all the things you got to do, like you said, those first seventeen years was a whirlwind for you. I mean, not many seventeen-year-old kids get a lifted truck or or yep. get to work at a construction site or at Publix, <laughs> and. And have the freedom you had as a seventeen-year-old, even though you said uh, your own description. You're five foot three, yep. basically a little guy compensating with the big truck and doing yep. that stuff. I mean, a lot of people probably laughed and "Oh, look at that little guy coming out of there. That's awesome!" Exactly, <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, and that, that's what everybody. It was so funny because you know, of course, the joke is you know, ah, you know, the, the little guy's got to have the biggest truck. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! I always knew I wanted a big truck. It's not my fault that I'm little. Like I, you <laughs> know, but well, <laughs> So yeah, man. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, man. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. It was, it was really, really good. It was, like I said, in, in, and I look back on my life, you know, now that I've lived now even, even longer being completely blind than I ever did with sight, and sometimes it's hard to believe because, you know, growing up, it's such a pivotal point in your life, and in your developing of the person you you are you know today later on and uh so you know like i said i'm I'm just i'm very blessed that i've had the opportunities the experiences i've had that i believe you know have just further shaped me into the person who has been able to take what happened to me and run with it
1: exactly and uh, a lot of young people if they're 17 they might've been blind their whole lives. So they went to say like the Florida school of the blind, or like here we have the Tennessee school for the blind. So you're around other blind children. You're learning how to use those adaptive things that you've learned to use now, like the echo, the echo box and stuff like that. Do you think that was, uh, it was harder for you as a 17 year old to learn that after having sight all those years, or did you adapt a lot quicker than most people believed you would?
0: Yeah. You know, man, you, you do. I, I adapted really pretty quick. Um, you know, obviously, if you're somebody who's been blind all your life, that, that's all you know. You know, um, but for me, you know, I really did have to make a big transition, even even from the aspect of, like, learning. I was a visual learner. And so I had to completely switch the way that I learned to completely, you know, just auditory. And, you know, so just little things like that. But I did. I adapted really quick. I remember I had... Um, Teachers who, so, so I had the brain tumor removed. That was a couple of months into my junior year of high school. Um, I never went back to school the rest of that year. Um, I ended up having teachers through a program called Hospital Homebound, who I had three teachers um, who came to, to my house. My mom would drop me off over at my grandparents' house. I would stay with Nana during the day while she went to work. And I had my teachers come to her house, and I had one teacher who taught me my school subjects, another teacher who taught me how to read Braille and then how to, to learn to use a computer with the talking software. And then I had a third teacher who taught me mobility skills, getting around and all of that. And so the teacher who taught me Braille, I always bragged because she said that I learned Braille faster than any other student she had ever had. <laughs> And, um, you know, and stuff. And so that was, you know, like really cool. Um, and so so I did, I adapted. But what took the longest for me was even though I could learn how to do the stuff, um, it was really, it took me way longer than what the quote unquote experts told my parents it should take me for me to fully like step into this new life. Because in the back of my mind, I was still holding on hope that I would see again one day. Because, you know, we live in a world where everything's fixable. If it's not doctors, it's God's going to perform a miracle. Something's going to happen. And I'm going to be able to see this is all temporary. Until finally, I came to a point along my journey when I finally was like, you know what? Even if I don't see again, in this lifetime. That's okay. But I need to be sure that right now I make the very most I can out of this life and live it for everything it's worth. And so what if in a year something happens and I see again, well then awesome, but don't give up on living life right now. And that's that's what, that's what really got me propelled forward.
1: That's definitely the the best mindset to have in that situation. You make you you basically made lemonade out of lemons right there and you you pushed yourself forward. And I think when we come back from the break here, we'll start talking about how all this transitioned into you becoming a coach and your coaching avenue of approach after this. In about a minute and a half.
0: To you you're in the big are big league chew big league chew man's eyes watch of great taste and shredded bubble gum stuffed into a giant stay fresh pouch for big league flavor and big league bubbles it's big league chew
1: how many car ads have you seen with
0: grandiose speeches over the years big declarations, making claims to some overarching human truth. Companies call these commercials manifestos. There's your manifesto.
1: All right, Miss fit nation. We're back with Kevin Lowe, uh, Host of the the Lowdown podcast, he's a coach, and we're gonna get into talking about his coaching now. We we heard about his journey, how uh, he was hit with the tumor, bobbed the tumor. They removed the tumor, lost his sight, lost his sense of smell, and some short term memory. Like I said earlier, that's an arguable fact. There, I think every man has short term memory loss, so that one there, he can he can battle on with that one. But now we're gonna transition and talk about his coaching and how he got that started and where it's going to.
0: Yeah, man. Awesome. Awesome. Dude, I have I have a quick story to share that I think your audience would appreciate real quick before we dive into the coaching aspect. All right. Back when I was telling you about me being at my grandmother's house each day, doing the school subject, had the teachers coming. Well, it was around that time, senior year of high school, when like the recruiters, the Army recruiters started coming around the school, you know? Right. Well, I had, had the recruiter... Lo and behold, call call my nana's house one day looking for me. And so I I say to him, I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I sorry, but I've I'm blind. And so I hung up the phone. <laughs> well, a few minutes later, phone rings. My my nana answers it. It's the same guy. <laughs> he's like, he's like, um, yes, ma'am, I was trying to get in touch with with Kevin. You know, I'm, you know, the recruiter for, you know, the army and no, no, no. And she's like, oh, she's like, I'm sorry, You don't want, you don't want my grandson. And he's like, it's Ex- excuse me, what, why don't we want him? And she's laughing. She said, he's blind. Unless you guys are so desperate, you're hiring blind people now. No, she's like, I, I don't think you want him. And so, of course, at that point, I'm in the background cracking up and I'm telling her, I'm like, Nana, Nana, tell them that as long as the enemy's talking, I'm sure I can hit them. So, you know, so
1: <laughs> that's outstanding.
0: So I don't, I don't get to share that story with most crowds. And I was like, Hey, wait, this is the perfect crowd for me to get to share this with. So
1: it would have been great if all four <laughs> services called like after each other and had, had to go through the same thing with you.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Because they, they didn't want to be the only one that got that story that day, so they want to share it with <laughs> everyone else. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah so. So that's
1: awesome that's an awesome segue into your coaching too because you had your jokes right there and uh <laughs> telling them so now you use your i'm sure you use your positivity to help people mold their positivity and have a, a forward thinking mindset so how did your coaching come about and where do you see it in five years from now
0: yeah man well thank you so much so the coaching is really an evolution from the podcast so i started the podcast back in 2020 when when everybody and their mother started a podcast when we were in quarantine and, and that came off of, I had owned a, a home-based travel agency, uh, for the previous, uh, what, seven years. So I started a travel agency in 2013, did that all the way up until 2020 when I was set to have my best year ever. And then of course, in one week, everything disappeared. The company took, you know, a, uh, as I say, a, um, head dive right into the shallow end of the swimming pool and um, travel agency was, was pretty much done, but I'm a firm believer that everything in life happens for a reason and a good reason at that, even the bad stuff, even, and, and I know the bad stuff, it takes a while to travel down the road before we can look back and understand how it fit into life for a good reason. For me, the travel agency ending opened the door for me to try something new. I started the podcast um originally I started the podcast as a way to promote the travel agency. At that point I hadn't given up on it and so I did the podcast and I started podcasting and quickly realized that I loved it. I loved the people I was talking to. Realized quickly that I didn't want to just focus on travel stuff. I wanted to talk about more than that. And so that led into me You know, really getting into these in-depth interviews with people. And I kept having so many of the people I interviewed would tell me, they're like, after we would finish the interview, they'd say, Kevin, they're like, you ask me questions that no one else has ever asked before. Or I've had people say, like, you see parts of my story that no one else sees. And so it was from all of that that it was this gradual thing that I started exploring this realm of coaching because before I got into coaching, I didn't even know what coaching was. I mean, coaching, I thought that's the PE coach in school who was a total (laughs) jerk, you know? And so, so, you know, and and it was the same for podcasting. When I started a podcast, I had only recently started listening to podcasts because truth be told, I actually had wanted to start a YouTube channel and that was what I was going to do until I started ordering all the, film equipment off of Amazon. And then I'm like, OMG, you're a blind guy. What are you doing with video? You don't know where to look or what's going on. This is horrible idea. And so it was then that I found out about podcasting. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's a better, you know, that's a good alternative. You know, and then, and then lo and behold, like I fall in love with with podcasting for so many different reasons. And so, yeah. And so the podcast, like I said, that then was this natural evolution Into the realm of coaching. And so, so yeah, the coaching is an incredible opportunity for me to, again, kind of give back, kind of using my own experience for good. Because, again, like I said, how there's, I believe that everything happens for a reason and a good reason at that. And I also believe that it's only a bad situation if you can't figure out how to make good out of it. And for me, the way that I've been able to make good out of becoming blind is sharing my story like I'm doing here on the podcast today or by using it somehow to inspire, empower, encourage other people who are going through stuff in their own life. And so that's exactly what I do as a coach is kind of helping people who've gone through some stuff. They're in a career path that isn't bringing them joy, isn't pulling on their passions. And instead they're like, you know what? Maybe it's time that I make a change, but they're just not sure how, they're not sure what to do or just don't have really the, the encouragement behind them to do it. And so that's where I'm able to work with my clients, helping them to really pull on their past, look back at the, the stuff in their life that's happened that they've overcome and figure out, where are their real gifts at what really lights them up and now let's figure out a way for you to turn that in to a business into a new career and uh, so that's what i do as a coach and yeah it's just absolutely awesome
1: i'm sure a, the evolution for you has been great i mean it's a whirlwind only two years to go from trying to promote <laughs> the the travel agency to try to save that from the depths of mr covid yeah and then transitioning into into the the lowdown with Kevin Lowe, where you get to chat with people, then becoming the coach after, after learning all the things that you were seeing in people and how to make them feel better or, or the better parts of their stories that they don't even see. So, I mean, that's awesome that you were able to make that pivot without even really knowing that you were doing it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly, man. And, and you know what, though? That's how I believe in life. You know that you're going in the right direction is when you don't have to try. Right. You know, when you're literally just caught up in the flow of the river and you're not fighting to go a different direction, life is just going with it and you're enjoying it and you're waking up every day loving it. That's when you know you're on the right path.
1: Definitely is. Uh, Have you ever thought of doing a motivational speaking as well as part of this? Because, I mean, your your positive mindset, your, your motivator, where you were, I mean, you were punched in the gut as a young man. And you were able to come out on the other side and still maintain the positivity and move forward there. The whole world needs that, that story in front of them on the stage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Dude. It's something that I would love to do. I've never really done just haven't known how to get into it. You know, it's, it's, it's gone really as far as, is either doing podcasts, radio shows, sharing my story, or, or sometimes have gotten up on stages. I'm in front of some events, just sharing my story, but it is man. It's, Is something that I just truly love. Like I said, um, you know, like I said, just being able to share the story and and see people who can relate to whatever they got going on in life and then being able to, like, you know, when I have people tell me, like, wow, like, your story, it really made a difference in my life. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's what it's all about, you know?
1: It's an instant victory right there. You're stacking those victories right there by not only helping them but helping yourself as well by – Feeling that their their positivity is coming up in there, you got that momentum going to them, and I think you'd be great. And yeah,
0: and just,
1: even if you do it virtually to a million schools a day or whatever,
0: exactly, exactly,
1: <laughs> you can absolutely. pump up the youth and get them going in the right direction.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, I I do speak at some schools, but live in person. But they're little kids, kindergarten, first graders. I get to talk to them, but for them, it's not about m- motivational talks. More, it's about I go in there with the idea that I'm gonna paint myself as a blind superhero. <laughs> and um, and and that works really well until I have the little smart-aleck kid who tries to make me look stupid because of course, they really don't wanna hear me talk. They just wanna ask questions. And I'll, ha- I'll have the one little punk who tries to make me look bad, who's like, so how are you able to light the charcoal yourself? And how do you know when the charcoal's ready to cook on? <laughs> Of course, and I'm like, I'm like, that's why I'm the kind of guy who goes to the barbecue and doesn't have the barbecue. Okay,
1: (laughs) I don't become the barbecue.
0: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Uh,
1: There is one quote I believe I read on your website: uh, "Close your eyes and let imagination take over." I think it's something along those lines. I think that's that's a great quote. Did you come up with that on your own, or did someone make push that to you?
0: Uh, it's probably something I came up with my own. <laughs> That's yeah, a pretty good I, I, I'm, I'm full of good ideas. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> One I'll giant take, light bulb now.
0: <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take credit for it, man. I'll take
1: credit for it. <laughs> That's Kevin Lowe, 2020.
0: <laughs> <That's right. laughs> exactly.
1: But Kevin, if you don't mind, uh, tell people how they can uh, get in contact with you uh, if they want to have you on their show or they want to hire you as a coach or they want to listen to your show or be on your show.
0: Yeah man, absolutely. Well, well first and foremost, man, thank you so much, dude. This has been amazing being on the show today. Um yeah, the best place easiest place to find me, to find all everything I'm doing in life is really just all through my website and that's literally just www.thelowdownwithkevinlow.com. As I always emphasize, please be sure you're spelling lowdown correctly and that's with an e. So it's the lowdown L-O-W-E-D-O-W-N with kevinlow.com. And so like you said, yeah man right there you can find the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, do all the things, check out check out my blog that I'm sometimes posting stuff on when I get inspired to write. Otherwise, I'm just recording podcast episodes and uh coaching and and doing all the things.
1: Awesome, Kevin. And Thanks again for taking some of your time to To share your story and your awesome journey with us here and of course all the Misfit Nation in a past life he was himself if opportunity knocks and he's not home opportunity waits he gave his father the talk he is the most interesting man in the world I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I prefer those eggies. Stay thirsty, my friends. Well, all right. Uh, was great. Chat with Kevin Lowe of the low down podcast. Again, make sure you visit his website and uh, get in contact with him. He's a great guy to talk to. If you want to be on his show, get on that show. He He is funny. He'll he'll keep you going the whole show. And, like, we just had, we had a. Check out our podcast, check out our YouTube, subscribe to both because subscribers equal help for us and keep this thing going. And uh, we really appreciate everything you're doing for us. And we'll keep pumping up the Misfit Nation from here and into the future. So, as always, stay humble, be hungry, and keep hustling because you know who we are. Misfit Nation.